Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you. Your exes should be blocked. You know, acknowledging the good things and moving on. We're not about bad vibes here. Are you relationship experts? No. no. <laughs> My pants were wet. <laughs> it ain't even about BDE anymore. It's about thank you, next energy, yeah? What are you saying? This is Thank You Next, the podcast about turning your L's into wins. I know quite a lot of sneakerheads out there took some L's this week on Yeezy Day. I saw all the tweets about the confirmed app crashing and I was so sure, I was so sure that I was going to take an L. But a few hours later, the app decided to tell me that I won. No. I won. I don't know how hard it is. Is it hard to get them? Honestly, every time I've tried to get Yeezys on the confirmed app, they've worked out for me. But I never go for multiple pairs. I always go for one pair. So I don't know if that changes anything. But then I did see people towards the end of the day being like they had one of every style. They basically got one of every style, which is wild. I don't know how much money you guys have because now I can't spend any more money this month. I've spent... I spent £185 on a serum by Creme de la Mer this month. You never told me you did that. I did it two nights ago. And then literally yesterday I bought these trainers and they were £180. And I'm like, what am I doing? That's quite a lot of money for trainers. Yeah, but they were Yeezys. You've already got some Yeezys. Yeah, but I haven't got all the Yeezys that I want. Like there are a number of Yeezys that are on my hit list. And now I have three of them. We need to change your list. Anyway, who are you? Who are me? I am Raj. (laughs) Oh my God. And I am Hardy. And on this podcast, we don't chat about Yeezys. I mean, we just did, but we turn our relationship L's into wins. We basically reflect on the various situations that have happened in our lives or that are happening in our lives and figure out what those situations have taught us. So we focus on the lesson rather than the L. We turn it into a win and we tell some good stories along the way. We do, we do. And what I wanted to say about those L's that people were, you know, on Twitter, people were so quick to be like, oh my God, the Adidas app is not working. Oh my God, I haven't been notified of this. But it's like people were so quick to say that they took an L, but the win thing came through a few hours later. And I think that is an analogy of life. Like we're so quick to say, this is an L, this didn't work out for us. I took an L today. But actually give it some time, let things develop, let things happen and then reassess it and be like, actually, was that an L or was it a win? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, on this podcast, we like to get into every type of relationship that exists in our lives, like the ones with our parents, our extended family, our frenemies, our besties, our new tings. I don't have a new ting, but I've decided I need to get a new ting. Our old tings, Hardeep. There's always old tings on Hardeep's mind. Always. Always. (laughs) Get out of my head. 
or anyone that is moving mad like Hugo from Love Island. He's been moving non-existent lately. I've not even seen him on the episodes. I've heard that um, he had beef with the producers because, you know, he said job done. Do you think that's real, though? Mate, it's a reality show at the end of the day. I don't know. Anything could be real. But there's got to be a reason why him and Amy have not been in any episodes. Apart from last night, they were in like two seconds. And obviously they had to recouple. So they had to show them. There were some tweets going around and articles last night that Hugo pissed the producers off. So that's why he's not been. That's why he's been wearing Harry Potter's invisibility cloak. Yeah. Apparently that kiss took five takes. And that's why he said job done Because it was a job that was set to him by a producer To be like, kiss this girl properly Uh, That makes it seem so Obviously it's, okay, reality show But you know, how far is reality But to know that you retake a kiss five times Makes me feel very uncomfortable That's weird I think a lot of us think that there aren't producers Sitting around in the villa saying stuff to people But there are What do you think they're saying to Toby? I think they're just saying, do your ting, bruh. Do your ting. Try it with Mabel. Try it with Mabel's dancers. Do your ting. Wow. Toby is actually, I think he is entertainment gold. Is he an icon? Is he inspiration to go out and get what you want? Uh... <laughs> is he like one of those people that's like, go after what you want and if and see if you actually want it? We should start putting him on t-shirts, waving flags with his face. What would his slogan be? I like you. Oh, no, no. What did he say last night? He goes, it's not the same. It's not the same. It was really interesting because he was just staring at Chloe like a little demon. (laughs) She let him in too easy. She She was just like, oh, cookie. Oh, yeah. Fucking. Where did he get these little cookies from? He didn't bake them. We're going to get into this. We'll get into this. But if there's anything that you want to say thank you next to in your life, I'm sure there's a situation, whether it's something you've seen on Love Island, whether it's something that's happened in your life, maybe it's the Adidas app, I don't know. Email us, send us voice notes to hi, thank you next podcast at gmail.com and follow us on socials and get involved in our chats, our polls. We do a little bit of giveaways. What was the last thing we gave away? Makeup. Two-faced makeup. And there's some top tier banter, if I do say so myself. Totally agree with you there. Totally. All right, so we're going to get on to shit that went down this week. Mm-hmm. So Raj, I think you sent me a message and you were like, I've realised I flirt like I'm in high school. Yeah. Tell me, what does that mean? I was watching Never Have I Ever, which is obviously set in a high school in America. And there's a girl called Devi. She's a lead character. And she's got this love triangle going on with two guys, Paxton and Ben. Who would you go for? Oh, I'm team Paxton all the way. I am team Paxton. Who would you go for? Wait, is that because he's hot? He, A, he's... Like hot for a kid. Like, not okay, not hot. No, okay, listen, right. I can say you know what I, mean. I don't care. I'll, if I'm a cougar, I'm a cougar. Get me a t-shirt that says how cougar. Old is, how old is he before we... I think he's like one of those 30-year-olds, 27-year-olds that's playing a 16-year-old. I think it's like one of those, you know, everyone always does that. Let's hope so. All right, you know what? I'm going to have to just, yeah, let's have a look. Paxton, real age. He's 30. It's okay. I can date oh, him. Oh, that's okay. You're right. Yeah, carry on then. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's Paxton. And why I say that is because Paxton actually is always there for Devi in her times of need. In the later season, like she, there's this girl that comes in called Anissa and her and Ben have a ting. And basically her and Ben are like doing all this stuff and they're having banter and they're like punching each other and hitting each other, play fighting. And Devi's like, that's mine and Ben's thing. You know, she's doing banter and she they're cussing each other. And, and I was just like, oh my God, that is literally me that is my at the big age of 37 that i now am that's how i flirt with men i don't know how to flirt with men in a way that is not cussing them having banter that is about cussing them or hitting them play fighting or being like oh 
I love play fighting. Hardeep, is this a... that You need to fix me. No, I, I can't be responsible for fixing you, Raj. However, together we can learn and grow. I think I realised, maybe from watching TV and seeing how couples react, how they get together and seeing that they do this kind of stuff, like the roasting and the punching and just like... I think from seeing relationships like that that come from that, sometimes I think, what is that going to lead to? And then now I'm like, I don't think I want that. Oh... I want that, but I just think my really? game needs okay. to my game needs to be better than that. My, that should not be my flirting style, but I want banter in a relationship. What do you want it to be? I want it to be sexy and cute and like, I don't want someone to be like, does she like me because she keeps cussing me? I want them to be like, yeah, she likes me, like, you know. Oh, you want to be like direct and flirty? Yeah, I want to learn how to flirt like a woman. <laughs> All right, okay. Who do you think is a woman who knows how to flirt? I have no idea. I have no idea. Overly sexualized characters on tv that are just like you know very mysterious and talking husky voices who was it who was doing really like fucking eye contact on was it aj on like love island i was like whoa honestly when millie came into the villa she was sick she was just like chatting to everyone and she was doing eye contact she was like and she was i don't know she was flirting she was properly like but she was doing that girly stuff that girls do and it's like yeah you know Kaz you when know. she was like having a bottle and she was chatting to Matthew and she was like oh my god that's so yeah that's really sexy but like I can't that's me I can't do yeah you that's not sexy you are like no that is sex it's sexy don't you out me don't you out me again no but you're very comfortable with that I can't act girly around a boy I'll be I'll just be like you are girly though no I'm not do you like turn into like Alpha. I turn into a geezer. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Punch him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Nicely. I don't know. I, well, it's been a long time since I've tried to flirt with someone, but when I saw her saying that, that, oh, that's mine and Ben's thing, I was like, that's my thing. What are you chatting about? Like, Hypothetically, you see a man next to you right now and he's good looking and you want to chat to him. How do you... Would you compliment him? Yeah, I'd probably do a compliment, I guess. That's the natural icebreaker. I've been taught that though, like literally that. This is the icebreaker you do in it during networking and all of that. What would you do if there was a nice man next to you or a woman? I'd find something to talk about. Like what? I can make chat out of anything. I always have a go at my mum for doing this because when I'm out and about with her, she talks to anyone about anything. I don't do that when I'm with somebody else, but I do it. Well, actually, maybe I do it sometimes in the shops. But yeah. I can do it with random. I can do it with anyone. But if I find someone attractive, sexually attractive, I can't talk to them. I'm just like. Mm, mm, mm. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I think a good one is if you're at a bar, you could just be like, what are you drinking? And get into a conversation about drinks, I guess. I did that actually last weekend. This is actually very good. Okay, so I got a train, I got off and at the stop was this guy. He was kind of good looking. He was chatting to me and then I was trying to turn back. But I wasn't sure if he was gay. Anyway, um, it was really, really raining. And then I was like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? And then he was like, oh, I'm going out and getting trashed. And I was like, right, cool. End of convo. You're not for me. Bye-bye. Because that's obviously not something I would want my any that's not what i do that's not what my friends do but i was like that's a really good way of being like no thanks see ya what you up to this weekend uh nothing oh (laughs) (laughs) nothing another thing that happened this week is we signed up for the patterns dating app so the pattern which is an astrology app has a dating well it's not started yet we're in the waiting room for the dating app but we've created our profiles. We've made our profiles. We put pictures in. We wrote a little bit about ourselves. I can't believe we fucking did this. I've been so against joining any dating app. I've not been on any in like years. 
and I can't believe we've done this. I was so excited making our profiles. I mean, it's not really out there. It's not live. There's no one looking or finding, but I'm gassed for us, you know, to find someone based on our fucking birth chart and all the rest of it. Apparently, when you match with someone or when you like someone, you can run, before you even connect with them, you can run a bond and the bond will show you, are they a soulmate connection? Are they an extraordinary connection? Are they a difficult connection? So immediately, if you're getting difficult vibes or any of that, you can just be like, absolutely no way. Thank you, next. Thank you, next. Thank you, next. It's exciting though. We'll let you, let you guys know how it goes, if and when it goes live. But yeah, we're, we're going to contact that lady who runs it. We have found out that the woman who created this app is living in London so we're going to stalk her obviously we're going to chat about Love Island now because that has gone down this week Millie she's trying to give Liam outwardly a hard time but we can see in her eyes you know we can see she's looking at him with hope she's laughing at his shit jokes I thought that, um, you know, he was like, oh, I'm going to get on the mic after Mabel. And then he got on the mic. He thought he was going to drop some bars. A, he couldn't memorise anything that he was going to say. He was literally relying on his phone. He was like this. Millie, you are... Got blonde hair. He, and like he said nothing really meaningful. And like he couldn't even hold a sentence together. It was very much like how you were just reading. Like, you can't even hold a sentence together. He does think with his dick, doesn't he? I hate that the producers made them recouple so soon after all this shit went down. But the one person who I thought was, like, being a bit cheeky and fun with it was Chloe. Because she was just like, if you do this shit again, that's it now. Like, I'm giving you a second chance, but don't do this shit again. It's very similar to, like, something that we saw go down in Too Hot to Handle a little while ago, isn't it? But it's annoying. You said this before as well. Why is it always that way around? Why is it always a girl being like, oh, I'll give you another chance? Why is it always a guy worming his way in? When's it happened the other way around? It hasn't. Like a girl's been like that. We've we've never seen that play out on Love Island anyway. We just haven't. And it's interesting. I've been reading a lot of think pieces about Love Island. A lot of people are like, it's so hetero norm, blah, blah, blah. They push all these things and they, they never send the girls to Casa Amor. They always leave the girls at home like they're war wives. And yeah, like that, why is it that every year the men go to Casa Amor and like meet new people? Like why don't the girls ever go? And why do the girls have to send mementos of themselves in the suitcases and pack for them like they are literally off to war? I felt like they chose to do that though. No, that's a, that's, it's always been the way. Like every year they pack their bags, mm. they put something in there, blah, 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 blah. And like, they're not, they're not doing that off their own think backs, are they? They're like the producers saying, okay, you need to pack their bags now. <laughs> like, yeah, because I found that irritating to watch because we obviously knew what was going to go down. Yeah. I, f- I found that irritating. Like, why are you being so thoughtful when it's getting thrown in your face? And that narrative's so fucking boring. What about Tyler? Tyler don't know what he wants. He did he did hook up with the Pengus thing, one of the Pengus things in Casa Amore. And now I don't understand why he's changed his mind. He, because he wants Kaz and Clarice, but basically when Clarice picked him, he looked disappointed. Yeah, he looked angry. Yeah, and she was like, are you all right? He was like, yeah. (sighs) And it's just like, bro, she just coupled up with you. Like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I don't really like how this whole Kaz and Tyler thing's been playing out. It's a bit weird. I like that Kaz is sticking to her to her guns and just being like, no, I'm, I'm with my new ting. You are my old ting. Your old news. Like, see you later. I hope she gives Matthew a real go, you know? Yeah. He deserves his time. But I have to say, this this year of Love Island has really shown us not a nice bunch of guys, to be honest. I feel like it's the same story every time, man. And Made in Chelsea has the same, it's the same on there too. It's never been this bad on Love Island, I swear, because like Liam's a bit of a, a fucktard. And then you've got Tyler being a fucktard. And then you've got Toby of... 
I think we've all learnt to be like, Toby's entertaining, ha ha, but it is fucked hard behaviour. And then Jake the snake, like, during all that time, like, he's got his arm around Millie, he's acting like Millie's his girl, but you were the one telling everybody who would listen to cheat on their women. So what's going on? Mm. Why are they not showing clips of that? I want the Love Island producers to just like get a big screen and be like playing clips of being like, we're on a lad's holiday, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Weasel. You think instead of the Casa more postcard, they should be doing Casa more videos of Jake encouraging everyone? They should do screenings. Yeah, they need to be like, okay, guys, we're doing a movie night. And then before the film starts, these clips just come up and you're like, because <gasps> I want Liberty to know. I don't want Liberty. I don't even want them to win. I don't want them to win. I don't want them to be second place. I don't want, I just want her to know. Mm. I feel like they're going to win. I think it's Teddy and Faye all the way now. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Teddy, Teddy and, Faye. and Faye. I'm really happy for them. I'm really happy for them. What I was going to say though, as well with the recoupling speeches, why do they have to do them? When we know Jake and Liberty are going to pick each other, why have we got to sit there listening to, I'm going to pick this guy because dab, dab, dab. And every week they've got a bit of pressure or whatever to say this big, amazing speech. And they always let me down. It's like, I like him because yesterday he made me laugh and the day before he made me ice latte. No, I don't care. The speeches have been really weak this year, but there have been years before where the speeches have been so beautiful that I cried. Whose speech made you cry? I think Jack and Danny at one point, yeah, I was in tears. I was like, oh my God. And when they went on that hot air balloon date, I was in tears. There have been times where Love Island has shown us magical moments of love. But Hardy, my friend was telling me about a show that I have asked her to come on the podcast and tell us about called Fuckboy Island. Oh! Apparently there's a show called Fuckboy Island. I, d- I haven't looked into this to see if it's true, if it's a spoof, if it's a fake, but they send in half the boys who are fuckboys and half the boys are romantic men who are emotionally intelligent and stable and the women... This sounds excellent. How do we get on it? <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere near it. We'll just be like, you're a fuckboy. You're a fuckboy. Every day, if I was right. on that, I would just That'd be, be so, like, That would be the way. ultimate test for our learning. <laughs> like, have we learned anything? You want to go on Fuckboy fuck Island? Island? Shall I actually check if it's real? I was like, she said she saw it on TikTok. So I was just like, can't be real. Mate, that sounds sick. Oh my God, it's real. Where is it? It's called F-Boy Island instead of Fuckboy Island. Where is it? It's HBO Max. I don't know where it's being shown. I'll, I'll give you guys more information shortly once I've done more research. This is so exciting and I can't wait to watch it. If you've watched F-Boy Island, tell us. Yeah. That sounds like such a brilliant concept. I think that's actually mad because you're literally certifying someone a fuckboy like the minute they come in. So it's like, are the fuckboys self-aware that they're fuckboys? Because you're casting fuckboys and... Oh yeah, and do they want to be that? Are they self-confessed? They know you're on this show because you're self-aware. You're on this show because you're a fuckboy. I guess because Too Hot to Handle on one hand, like they were looking for fuckboys, weren't they? Mm. To try and reform them. But they didn't use the term fuckboys. They were just like people who enjoy enjoy themselves. They were looking for people who were like had slight sex addictions and things like that, isn't it? Like so. Yeah, borderline sex addiction. Come on, Asha. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting though. We'll have to see how that goes down. What were you going to say about recoupling speeches? About recoupling speeches. If someone was going to give you a recoupling speech, what would you like to hear? Personally, I would like to hear you can't survive without me yeah you can't eat you can't sleep what i want to hear is your life was meaningless until i came along and now it has meaning and i just the best human being you've ever seen yeah like i want to hear something personal something emotional something true so i want to hear about like i light up your life and before me there was darkness 
and it was an empty cave, but now it's become a meadow and there's daisies and marigolds and little fairies in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just want to hear that you now it's hear. glitter and rainbows and unicorns. And before it was fucking a cave and you had to forage for your food and it was dark and lonely. And now it's plentiful. Yes. There's fruit on the trees. There's literally like chocolates growing on the trees that you can just like... Mmm, it's magic. It's magic land out here. It's Lucky Charms land out here. There you go. That is a fucking recoupling speech. Maybe we should write one for each other. When it's the last week of Love Island, we should recouple with each other and we'll write a speech. Okay, we'll write a recoupling speech. Yeah, we'll show them how it's done. But we are recoupling with each other. That's the spoiler. Yeah, it's fine. There's only two of us here. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. All right. I'm going to pay close attention to any more of the recoupling speeches, but they're so annoying. Thank you, Every week we kind of do a little warm up to our relationship lessons with something in the world of pop culture that we want to say thank you next to. Ha deep, ha deep, da 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 What are you saying thank you next to? On Love Island, Toby was talking about manifesting and you know we like to talk about manifesting here we've done talking about vision boarding our career our like travel partners family relationships everything basically we've talked about the potential to manifest toby on love island this week said that you can manifest your shoe size um so i'm just saying thank you next to that because i feel like toby is taking manifesting a touch too far i don't think it is possible to manifest your shoe size I think everyone's taking manifesting too far, Hardeep. I see it on TikTok all the time and people are like, oh, he stopped texting you, manifest him back into your life. Why the fuck do you want to manifest someone back into your life if they've stopped texting you? Just let them go. I don't think you can do that. No, but people do it and they're like, they're, I always skip them when I see them because they actually make my blood boil a bit because I'm just like, why are these on my FIP? But I always see these ones like, Oh, make someone text you in five seconds. Da, 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 da. Like, fuck off. What's wrong with you guys? Why are we taking manifesting so far to the next level? Like, it's like, okay, the whole idea is that you manifest someone that has the traits you want. Not like, oh, I'm going to manifest that guy that ghosted me. Hee-hee. <laughs> and now Toby's like, I'm going to manifest my shoe size. But then I guess some girls might be like, I'm going to manifest my tit size, you know? Do you remember when we were, I don't know if, if this is a generation difference, but there was a book that we grew up reading when we were younger and in it, the girl used to do this exercise with her tits and she used to be like, I must, I must, I must increase my bust. And it was a joke. And it was just like, yeah, girls used to think that like they could do things to make their boobs bigger. This is really interesting because when I was uh, like young, I knew obviously I was going to grow up and have boobs. And I remember <laughs> saying to my mom, I was like, I hope I don't have big boobs. I don't think I manifested that because I think it's genetics. Yeah. But I was like, I don't want them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't feel any different, even though society probably would want me to feel different. Certain men have tried to make me feel insecure about the way I look, which is fucked. But yeah, uh, I don't think you can manifest your shoe size. Also, wait, in terms of manifesting people, I'm quite wishy-washy. And when I feel sad or when I'm a bit bored, sometimes I do think about people. Like we said, I told Raj earlier I had a dream about someone. And I feel like that was a lot of energy I spent thinking about that human being. Surely that 
Was I not manifesting them? Because they've not materialized. How are you manifesting them? I'm so confused because you had a dream about them. Well, I was thinking about them. Then I had a dream about them. And then I sent you a picture of them the other day. No, so, but that's like... not, no, but that's because we were having a discussion. We were like, oh, just mm. saw this on the timeline. Ha ha ha. He he he. What are your thoughts? Mm. That was just a discussion. But manifestation is an active thing where you're thinking about something happening and you're willing it to happen. Mm. I don't know how I feel about manifestation because I feel like, yeah, I love what we're doing with our vision boards and stuff like that. And I understand that that is a, a form of manifestation. And obviously look at me, I'm wearing crystals on my hands and whatnot, whatnot, okay? Like I have fucking crystals, okay, in front of me and shit, right? Ooh, look at that. Um, this is the, I think this one's from Ibiza. I won this in a competition. In a competition in Ibiza? No, I won a competition here to win that crystal that's been blessed by some person in Ibiza. Anyway, you're so funny. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm into all of that stuff to a certain extent, but it's just the idea that you can manifest people against their will and things like that. I'm just a bit like, okay, guys, this is taking it a little bit too far. And it is everywhere now. Like on my TikTok, especially, it's all over it. Like, manifest this person, manifest that person that ghosted you, manifest this job, and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, you can manifest, I guess you can manifest a job, but like at the same time, I feel like you can't manifest a person because the amount of times that I've been or been broken up with or been ghosted, I've all I've ever wanted is for that person to reach out to me and they haven't. I don't think it exists. Especially, you can't do it with a human. Do you think your manifestation skills were not like up to scratch? <laughs> I think maybe because deep down I know it's not the right thing. So I'm not doing it with my whole chest. It's like, oh, I want it for the moment. But deep down I know, no, I don't really. Also, do you not think a girl can manifest bigger or smaller boobs? Of course they can't. Maybe they can. Well, what about Toby manifesting shoe size then? Can he do that? Maybe he can. Maybe he did. Maybe he did manifest his shoe size. I don't think you can manifest your shoe size. I think there's no limits to manifestation. <laughs> What's something you really want, Raj? What's something I really want? A dog? Nah, you can make that happen if you want to. Anyway, I think Toby is trying pure shit. You can manifest things, just not your fucking shoe size. I think, you know, like people have normalized manifestations so much now that it's like, yeah, I can manifest my ex back into my life. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I can manifest that person that ghosted me to come back. No. <sighs> Is there anyone you want back that you've tried to manifest? No way. If those people are not woke enough to see what they've got in front of them, which is pure 24 karat gold, then homie needs to fuck off and make room for someone that's like deserves it. All right. Mm -hmm. Thank you. There you go. There you go. So, um, Hardy, what are you saying thank you next to? Toby and him thinking you can manifest the shoe size because you absolutely cannot. Thanks, but uh, next. All right. So, we're getting on to our lessons now, our relationship lessons. So, our first one is coming from Hardy. So, one taught me. Do not take everything personally. Ooh. I used to like reach out to a lot of people and get upset. So if people wouldn't like text me back or I always leave nice comments to people or like react to their stories. And, you know, I don't really like it when people don't give me the same energy back. And more recently, one of my friends who I really care about wasn't really about, they weren't really like checking in on me. I was just like, where the hell are you? And in my head all week, I was like getting really annoyed. I was like, trying to do things and I was just thinking well, you don't even care it wasn't very nice because I was like you're meant to be my mate where the hell are you I went away this weekend because I was feeling really anxious 
and I needed a bit of space and I thought that being in a different environment would help me to feel better. I've also read a lot about when you take, you know, like earlier I was sitting at a laptop and I was getting annoyed about something and I was like, well, if I just take myself away from the laptop, the solution will come. And it did. I went into the bathroom, I started washing my hair or something and I had like four ideas really fast. So yeah, anyway, I took myself out of the situation on the weekend, had some time to think. And then when I called my friend, they were having a really bad time. They'd had a crap week. And then while we're on the phone, they smashed their phone. When I spoke to them, it became like really obvious quite fast that that person was actually having just a bit of a shit time in their own life. And it had nothing to do with me, but I had been taking it personally and trying not to the whole week. And yeah, the lesson there was not to take other people's behavior as like a personal attack on me or that they don't care about me or anything like that. Everyone has so many different things going on in their lives. And, you know, a lot of the time people aren't just thinking about you. They're thinking about their whole world, just as we're always thinking about our own world. Raj, have you ever had a situation like this? Many situations all the time uh, where I do take things really personally. It could be if someone's left me on bread, I might take that personally. It could be if someone has not liked my last five posts on Instagram, I might take that really personally. Do you, how do you know? Because you just notice, don't you? I just notice. And then I'll actually drive myself up the wall and I'll go and check and I'll be like, oh, they actually didn't like any of those posts. When I go and check, yeah, I have this voice that comes in my head now. If I'm going to check something, I'm like, you're setting yourself up to uh, be hurt. You're looking for a reason. I don't know. To be sometimes upset. though, it's like a voice like, now that like kicks it in. Sometimes I notice the behavior in other people where I'm just like, maybe I should be taking it personally because maybe you are trying to send me a message by doing these sort of things. And mm. like, if you're constantly canceling on me, maybe I should take that personally. But I try not to take it personally in the way where you know, like you sit there and you let it upset you. I try to look at it from different angles, and I'd be like, okay, well, if this is what you're doing, then that's fine. But maybe I should stop making myself as available to you. So I mean, my version of this is is different to yours, because that hasn't happened where someone's had a reason to be like that. I guess maybe they all do have reasons to be like that. But usually, it's because people are taking the piss with me. Mm. I think that's just because like, before I created my boundaries, which were it's a recent addition to my life, I was someone who was literally boundaryless. no matter what was going on in my life, like let's say, I was going through the shittest time of my life. If you needed me, I would just ignore everything that's going on with my life. And some people are like, that's the right thing to do. But it should be give and take. Like when I'm going through my rough time, you should be able to support me as well as me running and stopping everything and, you know, putting everything to a halt and coming to save you. Like you should also be able to save me. So I think, yeah, stop taking it personally to the extent where it actually affects how you feel, which is very difficult to do, isn't it? Yeah. All last week when I was brushing my teeth or in the, I always think loads when I'm in the bathroom. I was kept thinking about this person. And I was like, you haven't even asked me how I am in two days. You haven't texted me back. You haven't done this. You haven't done that. And it kept playing around in my head. And then um, I think it kind of just calmed down because I knew I was going to be away anyway. So I wouldn't be talking to anybody. But I know how useless I am. Like, say if something kicks off in my family life. I'm not saying it's something I can't control, but the way that affects me is massive. The mm. same as when I get anxious. So for the last week, well, actually probably for the last two weeks, I've been suffering really bad anxiety and constantly feel like I'm on the edge of having a panic attack. And then I'm like, when I'm in that state, I can't think about anybody else. 
Yes and no, because we've had conversations during that time and you have told me how you feel and Mm. I've been aware of how you feel. Do you know what I mean? So then if you are acting Mm. different, I know why you're acting different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some people don't share it, do they? Yeah, and I think that's the problem. When people don't share it, it's really difficult for you to assess like what's going on with that situation. And sometimes it's only natural to take it personally. And I think it's really easy to say, don't take it personal, but you kind of do. But for me, I feel like when I see repeated behaviors and it is, it's, I just see repeated, I'm talking about one very specific situation. I always see repeated behaviors with this person. And yeah, I used to take everything personally, but now I'm like, this is just how you act with me. And you don't act like that with anyone else. Therefore, you obviously have some sort of an issue with me that you don't have the, I don't know, strength to broach with me and talk it out. So I'm just going to leave you in your corner and I'm going to stay in my corner. Mm. Let's not intertwine. Let's not mingle. Let's not do that stuff. So I've kind of left that person to that. But that is a situation where, yeah, like I was taking everything personally. But when someone's treating you different to how they treat everyone else, what else are you going to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with the industry that me and you work in, there's a lot of opportunities and things that go around and certain people on social media you know you see people's highlights a lot of that there was one station that I was reaching out to to do work and they kept giving me breadcrumbs absolute breadcrumbs of opportunities so about a year ago I went to an interview and a man made me feel honestly I had a knot in my stomach when I left that didn't go until like the end of the night it made me feel so shit and so small. It ignored all my ideas. It made me feel really, really small. And I'm just so glad that, you know, the nose and the nose and the nose just kind of push you away and push you into a different direction. A hundred percent. I think that's really important, like, because it is so easy to take it all personally, especially at work. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, not everyone's got great fucking taste. Sorry. And you're not going to be for everyone. And where you will be, what who is for you kind of thing, you'll go in that direction and that's really important so yeah it's I think it's definitely a really important lesson for relationships as well as the workplace yeah ma'am because I I know as well you can see your colleagues getting promotions or moving on to opportunities that you thought were really good and you've not got yourself and sometimes yeah you can be like oh is it me and you can start comparing yourself or whatever but then yeah, sometimes it's just not about you. It's just that maybe they shouted louder about what they wanted. Who knows? We've said this before on the podcast, like if you're not progressing in, in that place, wherever you are, move, right? Mm-hmm. And it is that thing of if you feel like, okay, you're trying your best not to take things personally, but it feels like there's no other way to take it. Make those moves and go in, go towards another direction. And I do think that is the key to life, man. That's the secret. Yeah, man. That's the secret to anyone's success story. Like you're not a tree, right? Mm. Yeah. You're a houseplant, which you can pick up and move to a different area of the house. Yeah. Not a tree outside. You can manifest yourself to move around the kitchen. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hardy, what are you saying thank you next to? I am saying thank you next to taking every little thing personally. That reminds me of when we chatted about it on the podcast. I think right at the start, a lady came up to me in a shopping center and shouted at me for not wearing a mask. But it was before masks were actually a thing. She was just having a bad day. Like that had nothing to do with me. She just come up to me and she started shouting at me. If you take everything personally, you literally wouldn't get out of the house. Thank you. Next. All right, so we're going on to our second lesson. And this one is from a listener, Aisha. Raj, you're going to talk us through what she said. So one taught me to not be ashamed of wanting love. Sexy, sexy. Okay, so this is from Aisha. I'm just going to read her words, okay? Basically, I want to say thank you next to this notion of being ashamed of wanting love. I find these days it's shameful to say that because we need to be independent and all, I love myself and I don't need no man to make me happy. After having therapy... And putting on this tough, independent girl act for years, I can finally admit that I do want to feel loved and I want to be in a healthy relationship. Even typing this out and reading it back makes me cringe because I'm conditioned to think that this is a weak mentality when it's actually perfectly okay. Because of your podcast, I've started to read a book on attachments. Hardy, hurry up and read that book so I can read it. I'm so slow, mate. <laughs> I'm going to have to order it myself. And I learned that wanting to be loved and have a partner is literally a biological and evolutionary natural process. It is okay to drop the tough exterior and be fucking sensitive. And then she's made a heart emoji. For some context, I took a massive L a couple of years ago when I got cheated on by some wanker brown boy. It's always a wanker brown boy, fucking L, who was texting skinny chicks. And now I'm hoping to turn that L into some better D. So when we got this email, I fully related. And I was just like, when did that kick in for me? Because my whole life, I want to know that you leave me, but I'm still fucking solid. I've still got it going. I still can pay my bills and live my lifestyle. And I just don't want to be too dependent on somebody else. Although as soon as I fall in love, that goes all out the fucking window, um, which obviously I'm working on and trying to be better at. I was <laughs> messaging you and I dropped actual two girls' names that I associate with being basic bitches. And I was like, I don't want to be like these girls, the ones that like wear it on their sleeve that they want to get married and have kids. Because I've always looked at those kind of girls and been like, you're weak or you're basic. And actually they're not basic. I was just being a dickhead. And uh, yeah, I want love. Like, why else are we on earth? Do you not think that I'm like that? Do you not think that I'm uh, open about wanting love and things like that? I don't think you're open about wanting love. I actually think that I am a balance of having a tough exterior and being like, oh yeah, I'm so independent. I'm a fucking hard nut and I can look after myself. You're not like, oh, I'm so broody. I want kids. Ugh, can't wait to start family. You know, like there's girls that are just like- I do want kids at some stage. You don't lead with, there's some girls who I know and they just lead with, I want a family, I want kids. And there's nothing wrong with that. I've just never been that. And then when society seems to, that's all it wants from you sometimes, it's like, where do I belong? 
Do you think you've just got to be one or the other in society? You've got to be like a hyper independent female who's like an alpha who doesn't want men, doesn't need them and is like a player. I don't think I'm an alpha or, <laughs> or a player. I'm not a player. I feel like you come with that vibe that I'm a player. It's me, Harip. And I'm Rad, a player. You know that's not true. I feel like, and you said this on the podcast multiple times that people who don't know you think you're an insensitive bitch. And that you yeah, have but you this... know that's not true. Yeah, but I know that now, Hardy. But the exterior that you have is very much that. Like, yo, I'm a player. Yeah, I'm a player. Oh, yeah, I told there's no one in my DM. No, not at I all know 21. that. But that's now that I know you. But your exterior is very like, yeah, I'm a painting. I can, I got, I can date whoever I want. I can do whatever. Like, da-da. I don't care about you or your feelings. Da-da. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. Mate, I'm still crying over my ex. Shut like, up. I'm still crying. I will take that out of the podcast. <laughs> no, I still think. I, uh, yesterday, right, on a real, I was walking and I was thinking about how I wronged someone really bad. I was thinking about them, wondering how they're doing. I was in someone else's ends and I was thinking about them. Like, my mind is constantly thinking about the past and what I've done wrong and how I want to be better. I find it really hard to move on. I'm still, like, thinking about those things. Yeah, but that's probably you in your personal headspace. But I think if anyone looked at you, they wouldn't think that. I think they would look at you and think, wow, she's doing so well for herself. She's moving forward in every aspect of her life. They ain't chatting to no one. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't... And, and I think this is another thing, you know, and I have said this on the podcast as well, that we always associate some sort of success in life with like who you're chatting to, who you're dating, blah, blah, blah. And that's not a thing, man. Like it's, you don't have to be doing that to be being successful or being happy or whatever mm. and healing yeah, is a big yeah. part of it as well and even bettering yourself and knowing yourself and it's just like you how are you supposed to meet that person that you're gonna be in love with and all of that when you don't even like yourself that was fucking deep or you feel like there's things that you can work on about yourself do you like yourself yeah i really yeah, like I myself i do like myself there's parts of me i don't like things that i don't like about myself are mainly physical things that's interesting <laughs> yeah and probably uh a bit of how how much I let people take advantage of me, but I feel like my boundaries are so much better now. So it's those kind of things that I don't like about myself. I think everything else is really, really good. I think I'm a great friend, but sometimes I'm too good a friend that I look after my friends more than myself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you do do a lot for your friends. That is my flaw. Like today you were saying what? you helped someone with their job and this, that, and the other. You said you'd help me with something. I'll, yeah, um, that's just who I am, right? But like, I think now I do everything with more balance, but before it wasn't. And yeah, I hate myself for some of that stuff. Like, and how I've acted previously in relationships where I've like jumped through hoops of fire, like just for a dude, like, cause they've asked me and they haven't done anything to deserve that. Were they jumping through hoops of fire? No. Were they working on hot sand? No. Bro, this dude literally broke up with me and I helped him do his job application. No, this is not on. This is not, this is not right. I mean, unless you were, you had decided that you guys were gonna stay friends and have some sort of a healthy relationship. And then you were like, okay, this is part of that. No. No, it was none of that. I was just guessing. What do you not like about yourself? My, like the anxiety, like really bad. It's been really bad lately where I have to keep trying to calm myself down and breathe through it. Yeah. I don't like that. And obviously, yeah, I don't like thinking about the past. I don't like fucking thinking too much about old relationships. I want new, new energy. But is that what you've always done? Or is that something you're doing at the moment? Are you in a reflective phase of your life or have you always... Well, Patton says I'm healing relationship blocks and all that. I've got three months to go. And I think that's... Oh, right. I'm, I'm, I was trying to do that. You know what? You know, like Bridget Jones, all like uh, rom-coms. I feel like the women in them are like 
pathetic. Although I did see a meme today about how Bridget Jones is not pathetic. Bridget is not pathetic. No, but that's her character is pathetic. I don't think her character is pathetic. No, but it's all. not because she lives in zone fucking one and has a great job. No, I've seen that meme that you're talking about, but that meme's got nothing to do with it. But what about Bridget is pathetic? What that like she keeps a diary every day to monitor how well her progress is going because she wants a boyfriend. So every day she's like, boyfriend? No, not yet. Then she's like, how much do I weigh? Because she's got... But don't you think that her character is like, it is meant to come across as pathetic? No. Or are you watching it as a person of this age? I just mean like growing up, like seeing that, it was like, you didn't want to be her. I actually related to Bridget so much growing up. I wrote my, um, I wrote one of my media A-levels about Bridget. Yeah. This is very interesting, Raj. I really loved Bridget and I I thought Bridget was like a role model for us all because she was very out there and open about what she wanted, but she always wasn't the best at sniffing out like what was good or bad for her. And it's like everything Bridget wanted, she actually got like, she wanted to work in the media and then she got this job in the media after being treated like a dick in her first office. She made those moves and, you know, she might have had embarrassing things happen to her along the way, but actually everything that Bridget wanted to do in her life and that she wrote about in her diary, she got. Mm. I thought it was comedic. I thought it was funny, but because I was a bit of a dickhead anyway in myself, like I saw myself in her. So I didn't feel like she was pathetic. I thought she was funny. I thought I was Bridget. (laughs) Watching it now, I think it's funny. No, even then, like I was obsessed with it. Like Maybe I'll relate more. I don't know. But I don't think she's pathetic. I think it's really sad that people see her like that because anything like all of her goals like it's like what you say about those girls that you thought were basic like Bridget wants a boyfriend Bridget wants to be a certain weight to dress size whatever and and she wanted that job those were like the three main things and she had this great group of friends but she wanted like the man and she kind of got all of that stuff yeah and she worked for it she made those moves happen in it like she didn't stay in that Mm -hmm. office that was where she was treated like shit and where the dude was perving on her tits Uh, don't make me sick Mr. Tits pervert I'll never forget that guy yeah I think it's all right. And I didn't know, but obviously from what you say about me, maybe I'm not that open that I want love. But I feel like I am. Through your behaviour, I can guess that you do and you have been that way, but you don't lead with that. Not saying you can only be one or the other, but you lead with career, career kind of vibe. Yeah. I get really irritated by brown people in my family who have and do prioritize family kids and then people look at me like what about you you're way older than them so like i was saying to you two people got married last week yeah last night my auntie sent me a video of one of their weddings i was like why the fuck are you sending me this literally don't give a fuck and i feel like that sounds like i'm being angry or bitter about it i'm not it's just that I have different priorities and who's sending my stuff around saying, oh, wow, done, she's so sick. Yeah, like, oh, have you seen Hardeep's podcast? Have you seen Hardeep's They're thing? not. What they what they would be doing is sending around a video of me and you talking about something stupid and being like, shame, shame on the family. <laughs> she's never going to get married. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Sometimes I do get annoyed. Like my little cousins have like got married and they've had babies and stuff. And I'm like, why is no one taking one? for the team of girls like me. And then I'm like, well, then that's me then, isn't it? Yeah, because there's always one in every family and in your family, it's yours. And in my family, it's mine. And um, before, I don't know if anyone used to celebrate me, but then um, they did because I was the first person to graduate, right? And I think I'm the first person to like own who I am in the sense of I do have a very personal podcast that's out there for the world to hear. I am very authentically myself. 
I will wear a crop top even though I've got a chubby belly. I feel like I set the tone for the rest of the youngers in my family where they can feel comfortable being themselves and they don't have to lock themselves in fucking rooms reading English literature and trying to prove to their parents that they can go and live out at uni. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. I think every family has to have one and like you should take pride in the fact that you're that one in your family. I think as well, like when people are so different to the grain of where you're going like they have a tough time sort of even acknowledging that you're doing something good and they have a tough time sort of saying it so Mm. yeah maybe not maybe don't expect it from them right sorry Aisha our listener said that she felt the need to put on a tough independent girl act after being cheated on by a, a brown wanker boy yeah do you relate to that I felt like I needed to put on a tough independent girl act probably from as soon as I got into secondary school why i grew up with my brother and my um little cousin who's a a boy and all like my dad's cousins and my dad so i grew up around a lot of dudes i was literally playing football every sunday and just hanging out with my brother and my dad every weekend yeah i don't know i was a bit of a lad and i never fit in and then when i got to secondary school i didn't really fit in there i don't know when i was in year nine I had two instances of sexual assault. From that point on, I had to be this way. That you had to act tough. Yeah, there was, I just had to. There was no, there was nothing else to do. I was acting tough anyway. Yeah. And then that was just, that was just, yeah. And that made you act tougher. Yeah. You did it to protect yourself. Yes. But I don't know, now I'm thinking about it, I don't know how it, how it even works. I did download some um, podcast about it, see how other people have dealt with it, but... Yeah, I don't know. That's that's the way I reacted anyway. I was just like, well, I'll just be a dickhead then. <laughs> I'll just carry on being a dickhead. But it's actually my mum who, as I got older, she's like, don't lose that softness and being soft inside's not a bad thing and that kind of stuff. She's like always kind of reiterated that. Yeah, I feel like I've been watching something this week and it's all been about like opening yourself up to be vulnerable and dating and meeting the right person is basically having the strength to open yourself up and show your vulnerable your vulnerable vulnerable side to a stranger basically Mm. that's such a hard thing to do because it's like yeah showing your vulnerable side to your friend very very different to showing it to a stranger who's the potential to i don't know turn into a regular dating situation i was saying this to you the other week wasn't i about how my friends know me mm. and my friends know the pain or the good things and the bad things that have happened like you know the intricacies of shit that's happened in my family or shit that i've gone through or things that i'm working through the thought of explaining that to somebody new it just gives me i'm just like fucking hell like i was saying to you that i was talking to someone at work about a family sitch mm. and i was saying no oh, i didn't like a certain member of my family and then they said oh how can you not like that person in your family oh old people are nice blah 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 and i was just like no they're not i i don't like when people like impose their own fucking experiences on someone else and shove it down their throat and that's what happened in that scenario like if you're saying yeah i don't like this person you're obviously saying it for a reason like you're not there just saying it for the bants of it or whatever yeah, I'm not saying it um, to get a reaction. A lot of times me and me and you might say a few things here and there or throw things out that are divisive because it's funny, but that actually has pain behind it. That's, that There's nothing funny about oh, that. Oh no, you're exposing <laughs> our pain. <laughs> <laughs> our Harley plan. Dada out here exposing our pain for the world to hear. 
<laughs> yeah, I had it as well with somebody else when I was saying, I've said before, I've had a bit of a difficult relationship with my dad and we're working on it and we're getting to a good place. And I said it to someone else and they were like, yeah, he won't change. He won't change. Dad's never change. But they were talking about their experience and they were trying to project that onto me. And if I was in a different headspace, maybe I would have absorbed it. But actually I realized you're just talking about your experience. Yeah, we said this before, and it most of the most of the time people just project. It's really boring, like to just keep projecting. Aisha, I'm very sad that a brown wanker, a wanker brown boy, as you described, cheated on you. Nobody deserves that, and you're still welcome to slide in my DMs. That's that, Raj. Yeah, and um, there's there's nothing wrong with wanting to feel loved and be in a healthy relationship. It's normal, and I, I'm quite shocked to hear that Hardy thinks that I don't feel like that because I do and I thought I said that a lot on I, I thought I say that a lot on this podcast that I you want a healthy say, relationship no yeah we all want healthy relationships but you don't say like well you know what no we all want love yeah I sometimes when I've worked with difficult people at work and I've come across them and they're all like leery and mad and they're maybe taking things out on you sometimes I just take a step back and I look at them and I'm like you're just a human who wants love and I try and make them really normal in my head I'm like, at the end of the day, you are just a human being who probably just wants a hug. Yeah, I definitely want that, you know, but I try and pretend I don't. I don't, th- I don't think I'm pretending that I don't want it, but mm, mm. I can't help it if I'm naturally tough. <laughs> I can't believe you're trying to say I'm a fucking player, even though I've been crying is, over no, the same that thing. Is, no, but that is the vibe. If I didn't know you, that is the vibe you give off. How you talk about men and and like... I guess women. How do I talk about them? Like, oh yeah, how do I talk about me. Them? Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, oh, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> in the park, and I was in the park, and I'm Marshallah. Just to make it clear, someone said someone came up to me and said that. Listen to our episode a few episodes back. Someone approached me. Anyway, I think that is the vibe that you get. And you're always like, yeah, baby, slide into my DMs. Like, Hardy, I am never but out I'm... here like being like, oh, hey, listener who emailed us. Yeah, slide into my DMs. Mm. And then maybe you can slide into the vagina. I'm never saying stuff like that. I never said that. <laughs> I never said that part. You said that was that insinuated. <laughs> so I'm just saying there's like player, player vibes. And like, I think I think I... Um... You give across very monogamy vibes. Yeah, I'm... So very do I. Monogamy. I want monogamy. I don't want nothing else. I'm very monogamy in it, Just looking for my... I'm very monogamy. Just uh, looking for the chabuddy to my G. The chabuddy to my Aldona. No, Aldona's a dick. So yeah, Aisha, thank you next to being ashamed of wanting love. I want love. Hardeep wants love. I'm assuming that most of you listening want love. So yeah. We should have a love party. That's not like an orgy, like some sort of party themed with love. Let's do a Valentine's Day party next year. There you go. Bang, bang. We'll do a love party. Galentine's. If you've been cheated on or if you see yourself trying to act like you're something you're not, email us at highfankynextpodcast at gmail.com. This actually reminds me of that situation that I was talking to you about earlier, which is that guy from Too Hot to Handle, the one that had the divorce because his wife was cheating on him. Mm -hmm. And he literally said that because of the way that she treated him and how she cheated on him, he felt that he should treat women a certain way, like objects, and he should basically have sex with who he wants, whenever he wants, with 
no obligations to anyone and stuff like that. So it's quite, it seems like it's a bit of a, there's a bit of a pattern here that every time someone gets fucked over, they feel like, you know what? I'm going to be this person now because you, you're doing that initially to protect yourself, isn't it? To be like, I'm not going to be that person that allowed themselves to be vulnerable and get fucked over. Next. The last lesson is coming from Raj and... Raj actually didn't have a lesson until she told me a story and I was like, that's a fucking lesson. Yeah, yeah. It's so Raj, one of me. It's okay to take a break or take time off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So this lesson comes from a conversation that I was having with Hardy earlier about my dad, my father, Sat. So Sat has a carpet. Yeah, all right. Sat has a carpet shop that he's had for many, many years. Uh, I don't remember a time where he didn't have a carpet shop. So it was a family business with his brothers and then it became his own business when I was about 13. And because it's like he's self-employed, it's his own business, blah, blah, blah. He does not take time off. He will never miss a phone call. You know how me and you will be like, okay, it's past this time. We're not going to take work calls past this time or we're not going to do that. Or Mm. We'll be eating dinner. His phone will ring. He'll step up from the dinner table and go and answer the call. And it's like, just put your phone on silent, bro. And I've said it to him so many times. It's so annoying. There's so many things here that annoy me about the way my dad rolls. But anyway, so then that's, that's one example. Last night, this man got the sniffles, sniffly, sniffly. And you know how men act when they get colds? Like, it's like they're going to die. They're on their deathbed. All sorts are happening. Like This happens with my brother. Yeah. So last night, Hardy heard me telling him off and stuff. And I said to him, don't go to the shop tomorrow morning if you're not feeling well. Don't be an, you know, don't be an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so he went upstairs. And then I, went, I ran up the stairs later to give him a hot water bottle because, you know, men need hot water bottles when they're ill, don't they? No, women don't, but anyway. And uh, he was like, what, what do you want? And I was like, I'm here to give you a hot water bottle, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, um, and I was just joking with him. And I was like, you know, tomorrow if you open up the shop, I'm going to call the police and I'm going to say you've got COVID and I'm going to shut the shop down. And he was like, ha, 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 you're so funny. And then this morning I've woken up, I woke up a bit late and he's already gone. He's gone to the shop. So I'm just like, okay. You really can't prioritize your health over this business that you've got going on. And it's like one day being at home Mm -hmm. is not going to kill you. It's not going to kill anyone. If you don't turn up to your job to sell carpets or fit carpets or do whatever, no one's going to die. We're not doctors. We're not saving lives in the ER. We are not George Clooney, man. And um, it's really hard. And I just feel like this is a problem that I've had throughout my life. Because so both of my parents, when... I was 13, that became their business and they were both working there and blah, blah, blah. We've never been on a family holiday together, the three of us. That's mad. Wait, well, have two of you been? Yeah, so like I've been to Barcelona with my dad and I've been to New York with my dad and that was around the time that I was at uni. So I think for my graduation thing, we went to New York. What, but your mum weren't there? No, because someone has to always stay back and look after the business. What about, are there no employees? Uh, There are, but the employees have always fucked them over and stolen and done all sorts of crazy shit. Um, it's very dynasty out in out in these ends, yeah? Yeah, so they can't ever leave anything with the employees. I think we shut the shop once and that was about a year and a half ago. We all went to Canada together to see my cousin because she wasn't very well. We didn't know like what was going on with her because the family wouldn't tell us. So we were like, we're just going to go ourselves. But um, right. that was a situation where it could have been like a life or death situation. We didn't know what her health was like. So I don't think that counts, Yeah. 
I'm not going to count that as a family holiday. So I just sort of think like it's just such an unhealthy work-life balance that I've learned from my parents. And now my mum's got to a stage where she's like, she wants to retire. Well, she is technically retired. Even she has a tough time just chilling. She can't chill. You would think the life of a retired person, like maybe they chill, maybe they have a cup of tea, watch TV. You know, like the white ladies in uh, the TV shows and they're like getting their coffee and they're staring at the mountains in their backyard or the lake or God knows wherever they live. My mum can't do that. Like she doesn't, she won't sit in the garden and just enjoy a cup of tea or whatever. Like she'll, she'll be like running around like, I got to do this in the house. I'm going to rearrange the fridge today. Oh, I'm going to clean the cobwebs out of this area and I'm going to do this and da, 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 and you didn't do this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's ridiculous. There's always something to do. And both of them have just taught me really unhealthy things. I think from the beginning of my career, I had really unhealthy notions of a work-life balance and I did not take any time off especially and you know like because of our industry I wanted to make a mark so I would stay in the office till like eight nine o'clock and do all of that shit and mess with the playlists that we were sent by the music team and make them better and add in new tracks and edit tracks to and you know just do stupid shit and that no one was going to notice and I would turn up to like events like with my friends or my friends birthdays and I would be so tired that I would pass out on the sofa not from drinking just from being tired yeah yeah and people would be like look at her what is she doing what is she doing Mm. And I don't think any of those things got me further in life. I was just emulating what I had seen. You know, we always say like, when you go to therapy, your therapist will always throw learnt behavior around at you, yeah? And that was learnt behavior. Like I genuinely thought I would never take a day off of work. I thought if I took a day off of work, they're going to replace me with someone else. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that's a media-y thing, but I think definitely it's a brown thing as well. Like an immigrant thing. You've come to this country, you come and work hard. Yeah. Like the jobs that, like my granddad and grandma and nan they've all had haven't been the nicest jobs but best fucking believe they're going there and doing the job yeah it's been hard me having the conversations because you you said before when we discussed our lessons before we started recording my mum's not like this my mum's not like this now Mm. but she definitely was more like this growing up so I used to spend a lot of my time with my dad and all my memories from before being 10 Mm. I can't actually remember my mom in many of those really like um, from activity kind of things because she was always working and it's changed now whereas she's more like you're gonna die one day so live and enjoy your time and do nice things go on holiday do nice things to yourself and my dad is very much the other way they're so different so like dad's always like get a pension sort your pension out uh, money save mm-hmm, this this mm-hmm. this are you yeah, working yeah, yeah. and I had to have like a full conversation with him a few times about it so I know with my brother he's kind of hesitated to have these conversations with my dad because he's been like he'll just ask me why I've not been working because we're both freelance so he's like oh if I have this conversation with my dad my dad will be like why are you not working five days a week why are you working three and one day I just had to sit my my dad down and say I'm trying to do this with my career and in order for me to go in this direction I have to step away from my full-time job and do this. And I explained my priorities and actually he understood it and he's not asked me anything since. But yeah, unhealthy work-life balance. I definitely had it a lot at the start of my career. And it's that fear of taking time away from the office. Yeah. Taking time away because you might be replaced or taking time away because that's just not the thing to do. Yeah. Now I go in and I feel when I... I feel like I've got a different energy now. I feel more relaxed. I'm not saying I'm, like I said, I've been feeling quite anxious lately and I I have been working a lot. I've been looking at my diary for the last month 
every week, a week in advance, and I've been shitting myself at the day I've got ahead of me. I know. And I had to cancel my shifts last weekend because I was like, I actually cannot physically do these. It's going to drive me actually mental. Yeah. It can creep up on you. I don't think there's like a solution. And we love what we do as well, so sometimes it takes over. But what you're saying about your mom not being able to relax, I felt that within me. I think in this room, because we, we now like, I exercise in this room, I chill in this yeah. room, I sleep in this room, we record the podcast in this room. My association with this room is to be on and working, so sometimes it's hard to just relax. Chill and create a chill environment, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. But yeah, the whole thing of like my work-life balance thing, like that only changed when... I was in a role where I had to get up at 3 a.m. and I would come home past 6, 7 p.m. Right. Which was ridiculous. Yeah, that's really and long like day. basically, I had burnt out, right? Mm-hmm. And that was when I realized, okay, I need a work life balance. And I was just about to hit 30 at that time. And I was like, that's it. I need a work life balance. And that was when it was, it was to the point where, you know, when your body just can't function anymore. Yeah. Like you physically can't get out of bed. You actually don't have the energy to speak to anybody. You actually don't have the energy to spend time with anybody outside of work. It was like that. And that that was when I had to change. But I had to really think about where did I get all these ideas about work from? And it was from my parents. And, you know, now it's like I quietly observe all of that. I've tried to say this to them as well and be like, you know, where do you think I got these ideas from? Where do you think, why do you think I work so much? Because now, now they'll tell me off. Like my mum especially would be like, why are you working so much? Why are you doing this? And I'm like, oh, I wonder why. Jeez, yeah. who raised me? Oh, what did I learn from them? I reckon you should arrange a weekend away with both of them. Yeah, I will. I definitely will. You do do nice, cute things for them quite regularly and you do spend time together yeah we do we do we do we just don't get to like do anything go away and stuff like my mum's now expressed an interest in going to a spa since I went to Bath so I was like okay and she was like you never ask me and I was like oh okay she fucking love it you know my (laughs) nan she's piped up in the last couple of years and she's like oh I love I want to come across come to these things with you and yeah she came to a yoga holiday with us last year as well sick I think we learn from them, but they can also learn from us. Yeah. You know, we learn a lot of good things from our parents and as well. And they can learn from the new ways of thinking and doing things. So, you know, maybe back in the day they didn't have the they didn't have the privilege to go to a spa when they're in Punjab. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't part of Oh my god, yeah, part, definitely part not. Of what they used no, to but do. Like, now it's really fun though, because when we do go to Punjab, my mum will be like, let's book massages at the Ayurvedic place and we'll go and yeah. do it. And it's really fun. Um so yeah, I think th- she's definitely a person that changes a lot with time. But um on the other hand, when I did have my breakup and you know, I was heartbroken and I was in a mess and I was in a state and my mum could see that, she did say to me, Babe, if you want to take time off and you want to go to Mexico for three months or six months or whatever, because I kept saying it, I was like, I just want to go to Mexico. Just want to go to. Did you go? No, because fucking COVID happened. I was ready. So I was just wrapping up the project that I was working on for the BBC. And I was like, once that's wrapped, I'll book this trip. And then COVID happened. And then that was that. But she was like, yeah, just go, go for six months. Enjoy yourself. She actually said to me, I'll fund it if you want. And I was like, what? Fucking hell. (laughs) so on the other hand she can't relax but she she fully wants me to relax but she just doesn't know how to relax herself. it is hard it's very it weird. is hard the other day i was really finding it hard to relax so i put on a meditation and like a mindful body scan that made me feel loads better and then i got up but then i started thinking again and i was like stop thinking you fucking idiot oh what does your dad do to relax 
Oh my God, he's so sad. He watches old Bollywood movies, really old Bollywood movies. He watches... That's not sad. We watch shit reality TV. Yeah, he watches ridiculous action movies. He listens to really depressing Muhammad Rafi songs. And, you know, he does all of that stuff. And I'm like, Dad, did someone die? Like, what's wrong? Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) My dad goes like ham in the gym. He goes like fucking five days a week. I'm like, right, chill out. What do you do to relax, Raj? Many things, Hardy. I meditate. I clean. The other day I was cleaning my room. That was really relaxing. I listen to music. I make playlists. I look for things to do in London, like lots of fun shit. I put loads of pins on my Pinterest board for places that I want to go once lockdown's over. I don't know. I find loads of ways to relax. I go to the park, feed the ducks. I play with Blue, the rabbit. So what are you saying thank you next to, Raj? I am saying thank you next to the immigrant mentality of having to work, 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 work with no time off, with no time to go on holidays, no spa breaks, no weekends. I completely understand, like, from their perspective, they were probably thinking, we've come to this country, we want to build a life for our kid and her future and whatnot, whatnot. But it's like part of building a life is also spending time together away from work and the house that you live in. I would drop anything anything at any time to spend time with people I care about yeah I think after I had that little breakdown at work I was kind of like yeah I will have sick days as and when I need them thank you for listening to this episode of thank you next make sure you share this episode with someone who needs to take some time off someone who's been trying to manifest people into their life like Toby's shoe size someone who's taking things a little bit personally or someone like me who puts on a tough independent girl act can i just say i feel personally victimized and attacked by all of our lessons today (laughs) really because look i've taken something personally between me and you this week that hasn't made the podcast but it's happened oh yeah yeah yeah. i literally had a breakdown about taking time off (laughs) oh shit manifesting we were trying to manifest something work-wise that is kind of happening now maybe who knows maybe so there's manifestation shit going on i feel personally attacked there we go there we go my chest all right so if you agreed or disagreed with anything from this episode make sure you email us or leave us a voice note because we love hearing your voice it's hi thank you next podcast at gmail.com or you can DM us on the socials where Thank You Next Pod on Insta, TikTok, and Twitter. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe or follow on Acast, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And do not forget to give us a review so other people can find us. And basically, if you say nice things about us, then other people will be like, oh yeah, I'll listen to this. And then, you know, it helps us because we're just trying to reach more people with our message. With our message. Like you know? Jesus. <laughs> We'll be back next week with more shit we want to say thank you next to. Obviously, we'll have more opinions on Love Island and for any other shit that we've seen. Might have a nice guest. Might have a guest that you might know of. Might have a nice little guest next week. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. See what we can manifest. Raj loves a tease, don't you? No, I like telling people. You love teasing. I like breaking the news. I like being like, this is the deal. You like teasing. Yeah, I like it little teeth. All right, bye. Thank you. Next. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.